This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Red Valley is intended for mature audiences and contains scenes some listeners may find distressing. Please go to redvalleypod.com for full content warnings on every episode. Do you want to continue? I do my best with what I have, Bryony, but the ratio of time versus volume of cunts I'm surrounded by means I'm reluctantly forced to return to the well every now and then. We've got a little time now, though. I'll see what I can cook up between here and Glasgow. Why so angry, Clive? Why so angry? Look at this guy! He's the chosen one and he looks like roadkill. We were literally about to induce him for anaesthesia. The heart swan was taken out of containment for transfusion, by the way. It can't go back in. Do you understand that? It'll be too degraded, so it'll go in the bin. Do you understand the time and money involved in every element of this operation? I thought that was all you cared about. Then maybe you shouldn't be dropping him in and out of hypersleep like it's a spa treatment. There is a window in which we can gain crucial data from Warren's response to the treatment. It's not a big window. If you want to show your boss what we found here in the best light possible, you'll turn this helicopter around and let me utilise this time as best I can. The board need more than papers, or blood results, or tapes, or footage. To make this fly, you need a tactile approach. They need to see him. They need to shake his hand. They need to speak to him. Oh, Jesus, he can speak, can't he? Oh, for goodness sake. Warren, show him you can speak. This helicopter's really loud. I'm sorry? This helicopter. It's really loud. Well, it'll be useful if we need to land in a disabled parking space. Is this pre-med going to wear off? Is he actually going to be able to do this? The pre-med? 
That wore off ages ago. And no, I don't think he's going to be able to do this. What do you mean, ages ago? I thought he'd gone to sponsor silence because you gave him a benzo. Oh, no, I expect he's in shock because he just found out he's a murderer. Because he what? Well, he still didn't know what he was in prison for. I thought he and Gordon would have had some, you know, tedious heart-to-heart -heart about it by now, but apparently they both procrastinated in favour of playing Goldeneye. So I told him. When? Well, about 45 minutes ago. Why? Why would you do that? It came up in conversation. He was about to sleep it off. Why didn't you tell me this before we took off? You were in a hurry. You said that they stopped doing food at half past eight. And, and he didn't know this before. This is brand new information to him. All this time, and he hasn't remembered. It's not like a movie, Clive. He doesn't catch himself in the bathroom mirror and have a desaturated flashback and a low frame rate. We blew those memories out of his head with extremely powerful drugs. Well, can you do that now? What have you got in your bag? I've got tampons and contact lenses in my bag. <sighs> Clive, you're sweating. You seem to think this is hilarious. Am I laughing? This is as close to laughing as I've ever seen you get. What have you been telling the board all this time, Clive? That continue works. That hypersleep is real. That chronic preservation is not an idiotic fairy tale, but a real, tangible hope for our future. They want to see Sigourney Weaver waking up with grace and dignity in a white vest top. So why are you bringing them Warren? I've seen him in skimpy underwear, Clive. He is not Sigourney Weaver. They just need proof of viability. Clearly, it doesn't need to be Sigourney Weaver. I'll take a Tom Skerritt. Tom Skerritt died. Uh, Alien Hole. He died, and he was a robot. John fucking hurt then! Have you actually seen Alien? What's going on? The helicopter left so quickly. They took him. What? They took him. Clive and Bryony. He's gone with them. I thought they were putting him in a pod. They were. They were literally about to knock him out, but Clive insisted. He said there was an urgent meeting called in Glasgow and Warren needed to be there, that it was make or break. Well, fuck. What does it mean? Are they going to bring him back? He's, he's a mess, Aubrey. I don't know what happened when we worked together earlier, but he doesn't look right. Like, like even more than usual. He wouldn't say anything when he went. He couldn't even look me in the eye. Gordon, I feel like this is my fault. What? Why? I reached out to a friend of mine in the company. Well, she's my ex, Hester. I sent her the recordings you gave me of what Bryony's been doing. If she can get that in front of the right people, they won't stand for it. If it went public, it could destroy the company. I trust her, Gordon. This meeting must be about that. that that's why they want to see Warren. You sent top-secret recordings to your ex-girlfriend? She's a good person. So good you broke up with her? She broke up with me. That's beside the point. Whatever. She's over here. So are you. So was I. Well, you didn't think to tell me this earlier. I was waiting. I thought she might... I, I don't know. Aubrey, those recordings came from me. If that gets back to Bryony and Clive, how do you think they're going to react? Then it's time to get you out, Gordon. Out? I'll come and get you. Through the tunnel. And do what? Go on the run in the Mazda Bongo Friendly? What about Warren? We'll get him out. We'll figure it out. Aubrey, I am not leaving him. No fucking way. <sighs> then there's only one thing for it, isn't there? What? It's time to do a Rambo. Right, we're here. How you doing, Warren? You with me? Best friends all of a sudden, are we? What's here? This is the meeting. You're imagining some steel and glass tower overlooking the city, weren't you? Eh, not for the likes of us. We meet in the function room above the boat and bridger on Argyle Street. Oh, look at the state of you. Is your nose bleeding? No, no. I mean, it, it was when we landed. I think it's stopped now. What size shirt is he? 
What? Warren, take off your coat. I'm giving him your shirt. It'll be too big for him, but at least it'll look like he made an effort. Warren, put the shirt on. Uh, yeah, sure. And you're just going to t-shirt and blazer it like you're Tony Stark? Uh, my t-shirt costs more than your outfit. Okay, there. That's better than nothing. Pull your shoulders back. Okay, Warren, I need you to... Look, we're going to forget about the murder thing for a while, yeah? We're all murderers here. Bryony, you, me, that doorman probably. Guy on the corner there with a the neck tattoo. I bet he's killed someone. But you're special, all right? Look, I never told you this, but I've got a lot of respect for you, Warren. Oh, I need a drink. Hi, it's Becky, right, Becky. You know, I knew it was wrong the moment I came out my mouth. What do you want to drink? Uh, Guinness. You see, Warren, no expense fed here. There's a dartboard and everything. Don't listen to her, Warren. How many of the world's greatest ideas were hashed out on the back of a beer mat, right? Yeah, this one says blowy for a tenner. Email worldsbestblowy at aol.com. Oh, fuck off, Bryony. Malcolm, Francesca. Hello, everyone. Clive, my boy. And Bridget. Bryony. Oh, Bryony. <laughs> Of course. Just so many of you. Yes, everyone says that. Far too many women in science. Clive, Bryony, this is Hester, Malcolm's PA. Hello. You don't mind if she sits in? Of course not. Uh, first things first, have you all ordered? I mean, you know they close the kitchen at half past eight now? Uh, yes, we've ordered. Uh, I went steaks all round, medium rare, peppercorn sauce. Hope that's cool. Mm -hmm. Of course you did. So, Clive, are you going to introduce us? Or oh, straight down to business, eh? I would expect nothing less. Warren, this is Malcolm Landry, Senior Vice Chairman of Overhead Industries, and Francesca Jones, Acting Director of Research and Development. Hello. Malcolm, Francesca, this is Warren Gobby, the first successfully revived client of the Continue programme. Ah, lovely. Good evening, Mr. Godby, and, and thank you for joining us. I want you to tell me everything about this man. Yes. Warren is the key that opens the door, that lets us walk the path of human longevity. Dr. Halbeck, I want to hear everything from you. I don't know about the key that opens the magic door to the garden or whatever, but yes, Warren is the first subject to have emerged from cryonic preservation or hypersleep. He has continued, if that's what we're all going with. Okay. So how many before him failed to continue, mm. exactly? I was allocated assets. I used those assets. Was I meant to be keeping count? Since you've been in charge, there have been five cohorts. That's 30, 40 subjects. And you're telling me Warren here is the only one left? Uh, the, the first to succeed, he is the breakthrough. He's everything. Let's not get carried away. Well, we could get carried away a bit. They haven't even brought out the breadsticks yet. Does it work? on a rating of uh, 1 to 10. If we had brought our Strictly scorecards, we'd all be holding up a pretty resounding... One. One? Mm. One. Everyone else is dead. Or in the wind. Subjects and staff. Apart from the department store mannequins, we've left babysitting this evening, so I consider that a zero. But, yes, I guess we have Warren, so one out of ten. Dr Halbeck makes mm. self-deprecation an art form. Mr Godby, you can add your two cents, if you like. Me? Yep. Could I get another Guinness, please? Oh, <laughs> I like him already. Certainly, young man. Now, certainly, Clive. Um, you, you wouldn't mind, would you? Uh, you, you want me to get the drinks? Scotch for me, uh, Fran. I'm fine, thanks. Mm. Doctor. 
Shiraz, please, Clive. Just a small... Nonsense, nonsense. A bottle of the Shiraz and uh, some more glasses. Uh, it'll be good with the meat. Right. I guess I'll order drinks. Yes. OK. So what's the secret? Why is he alive and everyone else not? Warren has an altered brain chemistry from most other people. Altered how? Warren's experiences have led him to an untreated form of post-traumatic stress disorder. This has led quite unexpectedly to a tolerance of the treatment I've developed. The heart's horn infusion? Yes. Yes. Well, I, I always like that name. It's got a, a classical twang to it. Thank you. He survives the treatment because he's got PTSD? I think so. You think so? In all honesty, I don't know. Saying it out loud sounds ridiculous. I have no explanation as to why an enlarged amygdala would make ice crystals less likely to split your blood vessels apart. But it's the theory I've been working with since his first successful emergence from hypersleep. But you've no idea how it works. You know, we don't know how anaesthesia actually works. We know that when we turn it on, you go to sleep, and when we turn it off, you wake up. We know how much to give you and how long for. The rest might as well be magic. We don't deal with magic, Dr Halbeck. I entirely agree. This meeting wasn't my idea. So how have you been working on this theory, exactly? I've been exacerbating his condition over the last few months with a combination of medication and behavioural triggers. The process of going into hypersleep is, at this stage, relatively traumatic in and of itself, so that's been fortunate. Fortunate? Yes, and as much as one out of ten is better than zero. Here we are. Ah, oh, yes, Uh, wonderful, wonderful. Ah, where, where are we up to? I'll tell you where we're up to. Hester? Yes? Could you play everybody that recording that you showed me and Malcolm earlier? Uh, I don't think... Come on. That wasn't meant to... Don't be shy. <sighs> Excuse me, yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm trying to say... <laughs> sounds ridiculous. This is a hostage situation. A what? How are you going to hold us hostage? Oh, no. I mean, I'm holding myself hostage. But like this. Jesus! Oh. Oh, my God. Warren, what are you doing? Warren. <clears throat> oh, my God. This is what I'm talking about. I wouldn't worry about it. Oh, who's worried? He's just put a scalpel through his bloody hand. Gobby, I swear to the God of Francesca, it wasn't my intention when I brought this to you. I like this bit from Warren. Vivid imagery. Drape your iron balls around my neck and bang them against my skull like a Newton's cradle until my teeth fall out. A Newton's cradle made of testicles. That's unnecessary. Mm, I love it. What I'm saying is... Thank you. I'm happy to do it. I'm... I'm happy to go back in the special box. I don't mind. Warren, listen, it's me. Whoa, 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 whoa. Dr. Melly. Back up. I'll push this right through my fucking neck. I'm not fast. I'm really not fast. Where did you find that? I wonder. Uh, Hester, wasn't it? Yes. No, uh, I didn't... Francesca, Malcolm, a role like mine is a many-sided die. There are facets, multiple facets that must be employed to maintain... all. correct me if I'm wrong. You've tortured this man, physically and mentally, for months, whilst encouraging destructive patterns that have led to self-harm and violence, whilst repeatedly putting his life in danger. Good Lord, you were right, Malcolm. This bottle was a good idea. Mm-hmm. I am no stranger to using ten words when two will do, but for the sake of brevity, let's cut the shit, shall we? Miss Jones, this is not law and order. You don't need to play me any more recordings. I was there. That any part of my work is considered clandestine is your decision, not mine. This is the function room of the boat and bridger, not the end of a few good men. Let's tell each other what we actually want. Oh, right, I Clive want... wants his name, face and penis attached to the next great breakthrough in tech. He wants all the power and glory that Continue would provide because he is a small man with a small mind. He's the kind of man who orders a woman's food for her. What more must be said? Actually, uh, Clive, my boy, um, 
Could you chase up the food? I, 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 I'm famished. Sorry, do you all think I'm someone else? Oh, oh, oh not to worry. <laughs> Marvellous. Dapalaron? Yes, uh, that's me. Uh, go, go on, my dear. Uh, don't mind the help. If they repeat anything they've heard in here, well, we'll just have them shot, won't we? <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm Landry, you want to live forever. Speak, madam. Yes, thank you. To many, your ability to disregard human suffering in the name of your own self-interest would be horrifying. However, I think you carry it off with aplomb, with uh, grace and humour I begrudgingly find quite endearing. Thank you, my dear. Warren, what do you want? What, what do I want? Yes, you. And speak up for the recording that Hester here is undoubtedly making. I, I, I just want to go back into the pod. Ah, one more time for the cheap seats. I'd like to go back into the pod, please. Thank you. My turn. I want ten times the budget. I want twenty times the man and woman power. I want my next cohort to be made up of PTSD sufferers. Military to begin with, civilian to follow. I want this project finally given the resources the full force of overhead are able to provide. I'd appreciate it if I wasn't dragged across the highlands by helicopter to be stared at like I'm shit off the acting director's shoe. And I want my steak cooked medium fucking well. Are you done, Dr. Halbeck? Yes. It's clear everyone in this room, albeit for very different reasons, wants the same thing, except for you. So, Francesca Jones, what do you want? You know, I'm well aware of Overhead's darker corners. This company is full of people making ethical compromises to get things done. There is a limit, though, to what we as a company are willing to endorse, to what I, as acting director, am willing to overlook. Hmm. You've been allowed to proceed unchecked for far too long, Bryony. I want to give Continue the full force of Overhead's resources. I want to give it 10 times the budget and 20 times the people. But if this project is to flourish, as we all believe it should, it needs to come out of the shadows. And we can't afford to have the likes of you in the spotlight. I think I see where this is going. Now, my dear, I want you to imagine the Continue project as an egg sandwich. Okay, I take that back. Now, what makes an egg sandwich a success, eh? What makes it really sing? I, uh... Come on, come on. It's Cress! Cress! Francesca, how many drinks ahead of us is he? Now, I don't know how you learned about photosynthesis at school. Photosynthesis? But at Cheevery Grammar, they taught us, uh, via a wonderfully simple experiment, two trays of Cress, right? One was left in the classroom near the window, one was locked up in a cupboard in the dark. Now, over the next few days, the Cress in the classroom grew slowly but surely. Short, stubby little stems, little green leaves. In short, the perfect garnish for an egg sandwich. Now, the cress in the cupboard grew much taller and much more quickly, but, you know, try as it might, it could never reach the light. Now, over the next few days, the roots grew dry, the leaves yellowed, and by that point, all the sunlight and the good intentions in the world wouldn't make you put that cress anywhere near a decent egg mayonnaise sandwich. Do you see what I'm getting at, Bethany? It's briny. Of course it is. I'd be interested to know how you plan on taking this project any further without me. Please. You're not the only person in the world working on hypersleep. You're not even the only person in this company working on hypersleep. You are, however, the only person with 30 to 40 dead bodies lying on top of their CV. And frankly, I'm fed up to the bat seat with you. <laughs> Clive, you're a boy dressed up in his dad's suit. But you've brought things this far, so you have the full backing of this board to take continue to the next stage. But you're in-house now, which means I'm on to you. So no more of your bullshit. I, yes, whatever you want. Thank you, man. Shut up. 
I'd like you to escort Dr. Halbeck and Mr. Godby back to Red Valley. If the safest thing to do is put him back into hypersleep, so be it. Have your people assemble all the relevant data and return it to Central. The decommissioning team will be uh, two or three hours behind Of you. course, yes, thank Mr. you. Mr. Godby, it's been a pleasure to meet you. Please accept my personal apologies for the hardships you've faced working with us. I hope to see more of you in the future. Sure. And what I need you to do, Bryony, is go back to your hole, get us everything we need to continue our work, then put your things in a box and get your skinny ass out of this company. And if you don't cooperate, Clive here has my permission to throw you out of a helicopter. And if you prefer that, in two words, rather than ten, piss off. Oh, oh, yes, but um, feel free to eat up first. Uh, Clive, um, the table's too long. Pass the salt. Red Valley was written by Jonathan Williams and directed by Alan Mandel. All music and editing by Richard Orpheus Campbell, with sound design by Alexander Broad and Richard Orpheus Campbell. Carol Pestridge was assistant director. Artwork by John Cook Lynch. Performances by Jonathan Williams as Warren Godby, Alan Mandel as Gordon Porlock, May Cunningham as Bryony Halbeck, Alexander Broad as Clive Schill, Tash Reith Banks as Aubrey Wood, Susan Hingley as Hester Hiyashi, David Charles as Malcolm Landry, Carol Pestridge as Francesca Jones and Additional Voices, and Chloe Gaffney as The Server. Thanks for listening. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. This is routine update log number six for Dr. Edison Tucker concerning my research into the town of Jerusalem, Oregon, and the existence of the supernatural, paranormal, mythological, etc., etc., blah, blah, blah. Anyway, since arriving, I've definitely encountered some stuff that could be classified under weird ass. I mean... Where else does putting lamb's blood on people's doorways actually work as pest control? And nobody in town will talk to me about the picnic area near Lincoln's farm. Although, could be because everybody thinks I'm one of those monster hunting idiots. Which I'm not, okay? I am an experienced professional who takes my work extremely seriously, and I am going to prove this if it's the last thing I ever- Although, to be honest, I think the biggest mystery on my hands is how I'm going to survive living with Lucille Kensington, stuck-up extraordinaire. So, if you guys don't hear from me again, it wasn't something in the woods that got me. Probably. Where the Stars Fell. Available now wherever podcasts are found.